Hello and welcome back to Boundaries Plus. I am your host, Portia, and I am so happy to be back with you all. I've missed you all. And I say that every time that I come back and I mean it every single time. And I appreciate the community. I appreciate you being here with me. I appreciate you understanding that life is lifing and sometimes our time apart's a little bit longer than normal, but I'm glad to have you here and I'm glad to be here with you. I want to talk today, we're going to talk about boundaries. We're going to talk about it in a broader sense. And this episode is going to be speaking directly to white people, white women. And I want, as I say that, I want you to take a deep breath. I need to take a deep breath. I want you to recognize that you might be activated by some things that I'm going to say and being activated by things that I'm saying is not the worst thing in the world. The worst thing in the world would be not doing anything with those feelings that are activated. Understand that when I'm talking about white people, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm talking to you directly. It means I'm talking about what I've seen as a whole and some behavior and how that affects the people around you. As you all know, a lot of my platform, or the most of my platform, the, the largest platform I have is on TikTok and I'm also on Instagram. And on TikTok as of late, actually probably for like the last year and a half, every five to seven business days, there is somebody, usually a white woman that is on there with the sole purpose of antagonizing black women, whether it is wearing box braids and and then taunting black women about wearing the box braids because that the box braids in themselves, that's, that's a whole nother conversation, but taunting black women, knowing that it's going to bring up big feelings with black women, because when we wear box braids, we are called unprofessional. We're called ghetto. We lose our jobs. We are looked down on and we're considered less than more so than we already are. So then to have a white woman wear this style that was made to protect our hair and then mock us with it, that's being purposely antagonistic. I've also seen it where, you know, white women are saying that black women, black men want them more than they want black women. All these different things that are just pure acts of racism and upholding white supremacy. And the reason why they're racist, again, it is not the hair that's being worn. It's not the fact that they want to date black men it's that poking at black women. It is that purposeful, purposeful attempt to antagonize, upset, and just enrage black women for no reason other than clicks, likes, attention, all of these things are just another way to center themselves. And when this happens, the response to it is, is, is always fascinating to watch and, and I'm using fascinating in a, in a different type of way, but it's fascinating because you will see black women just out of exhaustion with seeing these things happen over and over again, out of frustration and comments will be made, responses will be made. And I will see white people or white women in the comments saying, can't we handle this a different way? Or maybe just ignore them and they'll go away. Dismissing the fact that A, it is well within the rights of black women to speak out about the frustration and B, since when has ignoring behavior like that ever gone away? And also, why is the onus placed on black women 
to find the higher road to take in response to antagonizing, in response to the poking at us. It is, it is though we are just not allowed to feel anything. And that's, 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 that's a conversation I want to have is that there's this, there's this tendency to dehumanize black people just in general. It has been this way for centuries. This is not a new thing. You know, in the times of being enslaved, we weren't even considered human beings. We weren't, we weren't human. We weren't people. And then beyond that, we still weren't people. Black women are still the most disrespected people in this United States. And we're just not seen as feeling or allowed to have emotions. You know, if, if, if we're too loud, if we speak in a volume that's too loud, then we're the loud black woman. If we have the audacity to express frustration, then we're the angry black woman. If we cry, then we're manipulating people with our tears. We aren't allowed to feel things without making white people uncomfortable. And if you think again about all the abuse, the abuse that black women have gone through, that black people have gone through, but especially black women have gone through over the centuries, and then to turn around and be told that we can't express how we feel, that is a level of disrespect to me that cuts deeper than somebody being ridiculous trying to taunt me or bait me into some sort of conversation or, in, or, or an argument that expectation that I don't get to respond to the abuse that's being caused to myself in, in my community, that I should have to sit and take it, that I should rise above, that the, that the best way to approach it is to just ignore what they're saying. There's not a, there's not, there's not a way that that seems fair. I will just use that term. It is not fair. It is not fair. But it's expected. It's expected. You know, it, it's it's too much for us to speak out. And I think about when we watch white women go through something, or something is happening that's affecting white women. Whether it is Roe versus Wade, whether it is um, pay gaps, whether it is uh, sexual harassment, any of those things, the voices are very loud. We are told to sit and listen and hear about the experiences. And let me be perfectly clear, we should absolutely talk about those things because those things affect everybody too. But when they directly affect white women, then it is very loud, it's very vocal. And there's this expectation for everybody to pay attention, for everybody to stop and to pay attention. And we see these things happen running along the same side each other at times. And it is so common and it is so natural for black women's feelings to be set aside or to not even be allowed to be shown. But then also it's expected for black women to come in and stand alongside white women, to support white women, to help white women. And as I'm talking through this, I, I realize that my direction is shifting a little bit, but you all know that I will talk in draft. I, 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 there needs to be, there needs to be complete acknowledgement about the fact that black women, the very people that have built this country on our backs, the very people that keep this country going are the ones that people want to hear the least from. We're the ones that people believe are so strong 
and so tough that we don't have emotions. And then again, in addition to that, not, not just having emotions, but if we do, then they can't be shown. We have to stay strong. We have to stay strong. We have to rise above. We have to be the bigger person. And it's just, and I think about the, the people in community with me so far, whether it be online or in real life and, and they're doing their decolonizing work and they're working to become active anti-racist. And that's a step that always, that not always, that, that seems to get people caught up is that, is that expectation, whether consciously or subconsciously to have black women not show their emotions. It's still there. It's, it's, it's still there, even for the people that are, you know, it, again, saying that they're doing the work and I can see them doing some things. I can see them, you know, decolonizing. I can see them uh, looking at how they used to behave and, and actions that they used to do and words they used to say and, and changing those and recognizing the harm there. But there's still this expectation that the black women in their lives should be the strongest people and should just be okay and are just fine. Black women face, face bigotry and oppression at, at a level that's different than any other demographic. We are again at the intersection of every, of every marginalized identity. And because of that, we are, we are the receivers or the recipients of so much hate and vitriol and disdain and also dismissal and avoidance and disregarding and discarding. We are beacons of strength and towers of strength until we're not, and then we're too much. We're too much of everything. And it's also striking to me that when we express these things, and maybe this is why I'm expressing this in a podcast so I can get it out without a lot of pushback, but when we express, at least pushback that I can hear right now, but when we express these things, when we talk about these things, the way that people go on the defense immediately is also something to behold. You know, if we express something, some feelings, people deny that we're not allowed to feel things. People deny that they've asked us to be the bigger person. People deny that we're actually hurt. People try to downplay what's happened. I just saw it today with a, a comment to White Woman Whisper, who's, you know, my dear, my best friend. Um, and it was on a video that's a year old where she was crying, deservedly so. I mean, she deserved those, deservedly so. Those tears were, um, they were completely natural, if for another reason than they were hers. But this video was over a year old and somebody said something to the effect that she was using her tears to manipulate people. And I think about how easy that is, how easy that description was applied to her. Knowing full well, knowing full well the power that white woman tears hold, but black woman tears are manipulative in response to it just, I love being a black woman. I love being a black woman. And I also, I also recognize and experience how exhausting it is to be a black woman and to just be ignored or dismissed. 
I've said before that, you know, ignoring black women only goes so far because once again, when we're needed, we're going to be called upon and expected to stand with people. And I've, I've said before, maybe not here, but in other places that if black women decide to say, you know what, not me, that we are well within our rights to do that. And I know that was met with some sort of, but this is for all of us. And it comes down to this conversation. It comes back to this. It's, it's never all of us until you need us. It's never all of us until we can do something that's going to benefit somebody else. But when we're asking for something to, to help us, not even benefit us, but just to help us, discarded, tossed aside, told to be better and rise above. So the boundaries that I'm coming back to, I, I mentioned boundaries, and this is, this is just a full episode speaking in draft. So I appreciate you taking again this ride with me. But thinking about the boundaries, when it comes to listening to black women, black people, but specifically black women, when it comes to listening to black women, if you are not going to listen, listen first and respect it first and then understand it later. If you're not going to do that, then do the black women in your lives a favor and stay away from them while they work through big feelings, harmful experiences, abusive situations, if you are not going to default to understanding them or to listening to them first and to believing them first and believing us first, then stay away. And again, if that activates some feelings in you, if that makes you feel some type of way by being told to stay away, I encourage you to sit with why that activated anything in you. Because if you feel something by being told to stay away, then you are not understanding why you are being told to stay away, which means that you might have in some point not have respected what you were being told or what was shared with you first. And instead you were trying to make the situation more comfortable for you. And when it comes to right to comfort, that right to comfort, that is a very strong pillar of white supremacy. I just, I want my work, the work that I do, the work that I do is always going to be, it is always going to be for black women and femmes. It is always going to be for the uplifting of black women and black people, black femmes, just blackness. And I do that because we don't have, we don't often have the opportunity to do things like this. Or if we do, there are so many attempts to squash it or minimize it or get rid of it. I do what I do for myself and for other black people. And the non-black people that come along with that journey, I need you to understand, I need you to understand that your decolonizing work and your anti-racism work is again about the uplifting of black people, indigenous people, and other people of color. And we know that anti-blackness is evergreen and we know that anti-blackness is something that every other demographic can agree on. So definitely this is about the uplifting of black people, black voices, black women, black femmes, black men, everyone that is black. And if that ever feel, if that feeling ever makes you feel some type of way other than how can I get in and do some work? If that ever makes you feel like, but what about, 
and you go to another demographic, if that thought comes into your mind, that I'm going to encourage you, strongly encourage you to stay away until you sit with why that is. Until you can figure out how to decenter yourself, until you can figure out how to decenter the big feelings that come up when you see or when you hear Black people talk about their frustration or their experiences or the abuse, until you can decenter yourself and your feelings, you need to stay away. And that is simply because you will not be effective as an accomplice or an advocate for those, for Black people while you're still worried about your feelings in response to what they go through. I want to say that again, if you are so focused on your feelings about what Black people experience, your priorities are in the wrong place. And that means that we need you to take a minute, to take a beat, and to sit with why that is before you come into our space and try to minimize what we're going through to make yourself comfortable. You're going to be okay. You will be okay. These big feelings that come up that you hear or that you feel when you hear about things, these big feelings that make your stomach upset or make your chest tight or even give you a headache, you're going to be okay. And the reason why you're going to be okay, and this is, this is important, the reason why you're going to be okay is that you are simply hearing about these experiences. You're hearing about them. You're not going through them. You're not feeling what we feel. You're hearing about them. That's not to say that you're not going to feel anything. But make sure those feelings stay where they need to. And that you're still centering the voices of the people that are sharing these experiences with you. It comes back to remembering your why. It comes back to remembering what your North Star is when you're doing anti-racism and decolonizing work. I'm going to wrap this up with a call to action. I've, I've given you a few, but a call to action or next steps. I want you, I want you to think about, I want you to think about how you have felt when you've heard the experiences of black people before, or even today. And I want you to think about and be honest with yourselves where you placed your feelings in relation to what the person who's sharing with you felt and which one took priority. I want you to think about that. Be honest with yourself. You might not, you, you might be uncomfortable with what you uncover, but being uncomfortable is the best way to start deconstructing and decolonizing. In the meantime, stay hydrated. Thank you for being here for this episode. That was really just one that came from, like I mentioned, speaking a draft and came from frustration, but not giving up. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for taking the next steps because I'm going to believe that you will do that. And just listen to Black voices. Listen to Black voices and believe them when you hear them. We have no reason to lie about what's happening to us. You can see it. It's around you. And we're talking about it because we need it to change. We need it to change. It is long since time. It is long since past time 
dehumanize black people, to listen to black people and to do something to make our existence a priority to the people in this country and this world. I love y'all. Stay hydrated, grab your journals. You'll likely need them after this episode and we will talk soon.